Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. The message is called Possess Your Souls. Uh, I actually want to talk about possessing your souls um, because it's one thing to be saved, but then it's another thing to allow God to prosper your souls, to heal you. And as the song is saying, to rebuild the ruins of your soul. If maybe you were a whinger or negative or downcast or you just had some dispositions that caused you, for you not to shine, amen? And so we want to talk about your soul being renewed. Uh, renewal, we call it. Renewal. So I got this during the week. Um, I was reading Oswald Chambers and one of our dear ladies gave me the book. Uh, it's, a, it's a devotional and I flick the page and, and I read on the 20th of uh, May um, let's put the scripture up first because Luke 21 verse 19 says, by your patience, and I've never really, and, and, but this, this scripture actually comes out of a lot of woes and uh, Jesus actually says, in the last days, there will be trials, tribulations, there'll be persecutions, there'll be, in the last days, it will be, you know, quite, quite a mess. Um, and, and, and at the end of all that, Jesus, the words of Jesus says, by your patience, possess your souls. The Lord Jesus is saying, possess your souls. Get your souls in order. Get your souls prospering. Get your souls sanctified. Amen? Someone hearing me this morning? And, 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 I, and I read this devotion by Oswald Chambers Oswald Chambers says, learning to express this new life within us comes by forming the mind of Christ. We take possession of our souls through patience, but many of us prefer to stay at the entrance to the Christian life instead of going on to build our soul in accordance with the new life God has placed within us. We blame things on the devil that are actually the result of our own undisciplined natures. The Christian life is one of spiritual courage and determination lived out in our flesh. Now, when I say flesh, I mean soul. Courage and determination, living out your life by appropriating all that God has for you and all the promises, but with courage and perseverance is by your soul. It's the Christian life is, needs, well, t- uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, likens the Christian life to being like an athlete. But the Bible, like Paul says, that we are like soldiers, that we need to be ab- absolutely disciplined in our lifestyle like soldiers. And then the Bible says, as Luke correctly said, uh, Paul says that we are like farmers, that we need to understand that there is a sowing and reaping in our Christian life. Um, and so... For me, that makes a lot of sense when we talk about possessing our souls. Jesus actually is admonishing us to possess our souls, and he's concluding, as I said, after the warning of the last days, the strife, the turmoil, 
uh, even persecution. Jesus says, stand firm. Basically, that's what it's saying. By your patience, possess your souls. Uh, You know, the plane news this week, really, not another plane, it really rocked me. And, um, uh, you know, we, we, and look, to be honest, world news is going to keep giving us um, bad news. <laughs> That's why you need to go to the Bible and you need to come to the church to get the good news, amen? <laughs> be careful taking in just bad news, bad news. Um, yes, you've got to be uh, aware of things that are happening, but may, if you're a news, if you love news, make sure you love the good news as much, Amen. And so Jesus is saying, please stand firm, basically hold your line, continue to be devoted to me, pray, witness, study the word of God, worship, Christian fellowship is absolutely important, and and, and the daily resistance to sin, basically persevering in true faith, that's what's going to get us to be able to hold up in the last days. So... Prophetically, they're saying, now is the time to possess your souls. Now. And, and, and it began when you allowed Jesus to enter your bloodline. And now, the, your bloodline in terms of your spiritual bloodline, all those things that were following you from your generations, when you got saved, now you're saved, and Jesus' blood supernaturally saved your life. Now God can perform a redemptive work upon your life, upon your soul, amen? And you gotta allow it, but you gotta allow it. You gotta allow him in to your soul. It's about overcoming loss and entering restoration. It's about understanding sin and its consequence and yielding to the Holy Spirit, allowing the sanctification of our soul and our life. It's about spiritual discipline that defines our giftedness and gives you power to face off the enemy who would stand against you and your path unto Christ. It's about securing your inheritance and passing the legacy on to your children's children, amen? What victories you win now, you can pass on to your children's children. I love that notion. It's about overcoming failures and trials and developing a testimony, three amazing testimonies. They've overcome, they are overcoming, they are overcoming, they have overcome, but they are overcoming, and they shall overcome. We're saved, we're being saved, and we shall be saved. Do you know what I'm saying? No one's arrived yet. It's about overcoming failure and trials and developing a testimony. Ultimately, it's about hope, that's the good news, which allows faith to arise so that you can be confident of the future. So we gotta be careful we don't let this bad news cause us to live a despondent life with no sense of future and purpose, amen? It's about your inheritance, your portion, the portion that God wants to give you. The Lord gives us a sphere of influence, especially over our soul, especially in our lives, but in our soul. He gives us this, he grants us authority almost to allow us to redeem our soul. It's this space in us. It's, it's, it's also 
that realm of influence that you have in the community, wherever. God gives you this ability to take stock of that situation and, and with authority display the goodness of God, but redeem things uh, and cause the goodness of God to flourish in that particular area. It's like having the presence of God in a particular area. If you go to work and you just don't care about bringing the goodness of God, the presence of God, that workplace will just stay the same. That office will stay the same. If you, if you say, yeah, God, God is my Lord and Savior, but you never allow him into your soul, your soul will be unredeemed. It will be darkened. The climate, if I was to walk into your soul, the climate would be dark clouds, thunder and lightning, everything frightening. Amen? And I could walk into someone else's soul and it's just like beaches with waves and sand and, and, and beautiful birds and, and just, it's just, the weather's perfect. Why is that, that some people's souls are darkened? I want to help us with that this morning. Deuteronomy 1.8 says, I want to talk about success because unless we redeem our souls and, and see our souls to be prospering, we will not be successful. What's successful? What is being successful? It's turning out well or attaining a goal. It means to flourish, to prosper, to thrive. It's actually God's will for our life. It's actually us taking possession of our inheritance spiritually and physically. Did you hear that? It's taking possession of that which God wants to give to us through his promises, through the redemption of his son. He wants us to live a large life, a blessed life, a flourishing life, but it's through your soul prospering. In the Old Testament, it says it like this. Uh, Deuteronomy 1.8 says, See, I've set the land before you. Go in and possess the land. I'll chase the scripture down to maybe verse, uh, and let's do 8.1. I've got a paraphrase here. It says that you may live that you, that why, why is God saying take possession of that land? That you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land for which the Lord swore to your fathers. Now, that, that's, that's in physical terms. But now in New, Test, New Testament terms, it's spiritual. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities and powers and things, lofty, vain imaginations, built up against the knowledge of Christ. As much as we, as, as much as we can take those things down and, and allow... God to rule and reign in our life, in our soul, that's how much we're going to prosper. Amen? And that's why that scripture says, possessing your souls. When we possess the portion that God has for each of us, we become whole. We are fulfilled and full of peace. Um. There is, a, there is a war to do this. There, there, there is a, there, I, I know, Katie, you were saying the battle is, the war is over. Jesus paid the price, but there's still, there is still a war to lay hold of our best life. Because there's enemies against your soul 
that uh, are positioned around you, whether generationally or through the second heaven, there's things stopping you succeeding in life. And I know for a fact that is a war. (laughs) I've experienced it. I know it to be true. For this church to get ahead, we had to fight. We had to pray. I'm saved. I'm set free. There's no battle in that. That's a free gift. But to secure my inheritance in Christ and to secure my my, my, my blessed soul, there, there, there is a fight. It's a fight of faith, amen? And, and that's why we free wheel almost in Christianity. We, we're almost sold the idea that it's easy. You're saved now. Take it easy. But then there's a war in your soul. There's strongholds. There's things that you need to oppose and bring down with that authority that you've been given to pull down and allow your life to flourish. When Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it abundantly, he was stating, he was telling us, I want you to have a large, full, prospering life. 3 John 1, 2 in the New King James Version it doesn't say it in the NIV like this, but in the New King James Version, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things, C3 Tugra, and be in health, C3 Tugra. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Just as your soul prospers. Our soul must prosper to acquire or to possess the blessed life. And how? Through patience. Jesus is saying, through patience, through patience, not yet, through patience, wait, wait, don't, don't go off into the flesh, don't, don't go before God says for you to go, don't do that, just wait until, wait, and don't you like those movies, and they, they, they maybe got a gun, they say, now, now, no, not now, not now, now, you now, now, no, not now, nearly, nearly, and, and it's right to the nanosecond that where it's, there's patience in this, when you want to get angry and go, ah, wait, not now, wait, wait, it'll pass, that feeling, that eruption, wait, wait. She wants you to do the washing now, but I'm watching it. (laughs) I'm watching Nadal. Can I do it later? This is my time. Through patience, Hebrews 6.12, I've got to move on. We do not want you to become lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit, inherit what has been promised. You, you, you need to exercise faith, you need to exercise patience, and you will inherit. You will inherit, and you can't inherit your family's inheritance before the time is right, unless you're going to do something like, don't do that. Um, <laughs> or the prodigal, I'm having some strange visions there of, 
where it's actually happened. People have killed off their loved ones to get the inheritance, amen? Or, 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 or the prodigal, I'll have my inheritance now. And, and you go and squander it and you leave church and you try and do a ministry down the road. And, uh, you know, there's all these people trying to get their inheritance now. It's a, it's a now, it's, it's a McDonald's generation where people want stuff now. Hebrews 10.36 says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Don't let the enemy wear you down, even the bad news, trials, dramas. Don't become weary. We need to stay devoted to Christ. We need to stay alerted to Christ, keeping the faith, keeping the promises. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, you will keep in perfect peace. I'm talking about peace this morning. I'm talking about receiving bad news during the week and you're able to hold the line, possess your souls and go, you know what? It's all good. I can still go out and shop. I'm not going to be frightened. I'm going to engage life. I'm going to still have a future. I'm possessing my souls. I'm, although something bad happened, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm possessing my soul. I'm going to allow my soul to prosper and I'm going to engage life as God wants me to. You're possessing your soul. You're saying, soul, you will respond. You will respond by my authority. I declare dominion authority over you. You will not be afraid. You will not be downcast. David was a great one like this. David, King David. He was always, he was under intense pressure to, I guess, to uh, uh, allow God to use him and to promote him. But all the time, he's been persecuted, he's been shot at, he's been, you know, and he's just in the crucible of the trials of life like no one else. But David has this amazing ability, and, and you can see that through Psalms, where he continues to go back to God and he says, Lord, I'm anguished. So David's transparent. It's okay to be transparent, transparent guys. You don't have to be hyper-faith and neurotic about your Christian life and say, no, I'm not sick. This leg is good as gold, man. I can run it. Man, come on, I'll race you right now, you know. No, you've you got a broken wing. You're ailing. You've suffered something in your life that where you need to realize that, that, that God, you know, is going to heal you. But in the meantime, God, God has compassion for you. God, God. God is sympathizing with you. We're sympathizing with you. That's why in this church, we like to be real with you. We, we don't want to believe that everything's rosy when it's not. We used to go visit our friends in the early 70s, and uh, Julie and I knew um, parents, or fathers in particular, had been in the Vietnam War and come back, and they were all banged up. And of course, they were punching holes in walls and that. And so we'd go around and visit our young friends, you know, we're 8, 9, 10, 11, and we'd go around and say, oh, and, and the kids would show us, you know, it was like a novelty to them, oh, look at this one, you know, what do you mean? Pull the wardrobe aside and there's a big hole mark. Oh, look at this, you know, look what dad did the other day and pulled the painting aside, the picture aside, and it was like another big fist mark. I said, what's all that about? Oh, dad's all banged up about the war. He's never been the same again. So God wants us to be real, like David David was pouring out his heart. Soul, why are you downcast? Why are you downcast? Why are you downcast? Why are you depressed? Worship God. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. 
Peace should be our portion. But Daniel says in, in Daniel 7:21, as I watch this horn was waging war against the holy people and defeating them. I'm speaking prophetically now, because this is what's actually happening through world events. We've been hit, we've been hammered by bad news, bad news. In the Amplified Version, 725 says, he will speak words against the Most High. This is the enemy and his plans and his bad news. And wear down the saints of the Most High. Wear us down. Do you know what I'm saying? Don't let the enemy wear you down. Your mind and your heart, your emotions and well-being and your soul are inextricably connected together. If you, let, if you get beat down in your soul, you're not going to be able to perform. Usually the enemy's goal is persecution. Not the persecution that wants to burn you at the stake, but to wear you down. Persecution means to be worn down. Worn down in your mind, worn down in your emotions. It disables us. We can't perform. One of my great sporting heroes, Nadal, he, um, last year, he concedes. He's an unusual guy. He's very transparent. He's a, a champion. He's probably the best tennis player that's ever lived. A true, true competitor, a champion. Uh, this guy totally encourages me when I see him play. But he wears his heart on a sleeve. You'll see him grimace when he misses shots. You'll see him crestfallen when he loses a match. But last year, Nadal, <laughs> it gets worse than that too. Nadal said he was suffering anxiety in just normal games. Um, and anxiety, uh, what would we call him? Panic attacks even. He was unable to get his breath. He was even unable to get his breath. And then that is connected to your body, your physical uh, your body, because then you, you, your strength goes. I don't know if you realize that, but when you're affected emotionally, your strength goes. You can't perform. So his balls were landing short or going long. He lost his, his target zone. He lost his accuracy. He lost his strength. The strength out of his game went, and all last year it was like that. And he's had to battle. He's had to battle to overcome that area in his soul by his sheer willpower, I wish I could get to him and tell him, you need to get saved to possess your soul, to allow Jesus to be ruling and reigning in that area, to allow Jesus to come into your soul and heal your soul. I, man, he's so superstitious. He, he sleeps with the light on. He's, he's got all these little things he does. He's uh, OCDC, I guess. What was it? OCDC. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's what a... Uh, Yes, he's got me. They got me. Oh, we have this thing about sayings. We, we, we actually have a book of sayings said wrong but in my family. If the enemy can bombard... Yeah, put it in the book. Go on. If the enemy can bombard us with thoughts that produce fear and anxiety, he can then remove our ability to manifest the will of God in our lives. So it's important that we get healing it's important. It's important that we get healing. What's the second way that we take possession of our souls? Through rest. The first one was through patience. The second one is through rest. Sabbath rest. God's ordained a day of rest. A chill. Take a chill pill. Take a chill pill. Stop reading gossip magazines. Stop watching movies. Stop 
talking garbage. Get in that zone. God's ordained a place for you, a physical place. Maybe down the beach, maybe at home, maybe it's your favorite little place. I know I got one. See, God's people, the Israelites, God said, you possess that and I will give you rest. If you vanquish the enemy from that given area, I'll put parameters up and I'll preserve you, protect you, and you can live there and you'll have dominion authority there. It will flourish there. You'll be able to rock in that place. You'll be able to thrive and be successful. I'm talking about taking possession of your soul. If you let Jesus come into your soul, vanquish the enemy of your soul and let your, let your mind, will, and emotions prosper in God. Take dominion authority. He's given you that. He's given you dominion authority to say to your soul, soul, why are you downcast? Worship God. Praise God. You come to church, you don't feel like worshiping. Oh, I haven't had a good week. I don't want to worship. I'm not going to worship. Get those hands up by the volition of your own mind. Make a choice. Hands go up. And then the emotions follow. Okay, these hands are going up. I guess we better get with the program. Get a big bit of a smile on our dial and better, better, better let, those, let that Holy Spirit start moving. Letting your soul prosper will bless your life immensely. We need to enter dominion rest. We must war for it. We must take that ground. We must take it, vanquish the enemy of our soul, and allow God to occupy our soul. Can I hear an amen about that? When you drive the enemy from your inheritance, you enter dominion rest. You must battle to possess their inheritance, this inheritance. Psalm 95 says, God swore that the Israelites who turned back, who turned back from the promised land would never enter the rest because they were not willing to fight to take possession of it. They refused to take dominion of their inheritance and so forfeited the right to do it. They died wandering in the wilderness. Folks, we're entering a season where we need to possess our soul and possess the promises of God that he has given us. The grace of God is available, the word of God is available, the Holy Spirit is available, and it wants to do a good work in our souls, in our hearts. I love these little, I love Instagram and some of these uh, photos, I guess. Can I just, just send them up, if you could, Michael? talking about God being our strength in our soul. I find them inspirational. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I may be weak, but, you, but your spirit is strong in me. Yes, Lord. Religion can reform a person's life, so you can behave like a Christian, or just leave that up there for a moment. The Bible says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power therein. What's the power? That's the power in your soul. That's the power to live a, an overcoming life. That's the power to, to, to overcome, to triumph, to, be, to witness, to engage people, to smile, to be friendly, to allow God's personality, not your personality that may be all banged up, but to engage people, you need to have an overcoming spirit. Only can be done by the Holy Spirit, but it can never transform. I love this. Religion can reform a person's life this is for the podcast listeners. 
but it can never transform him. Only the Holy Spirit can transform. Does that make sense? We're in, this is why the Holy Spirit church is so important. You come to church and you imbibe of the Spirit. Yes, you're hearing the Word of God, which is doing a marvelous work on you. He performs His work, but abiding in this atmosphere where we have declared by authority, this church and this atmosphere belongs to God. This is none other than the house of God. How awesome is this house? This is none other than the gateway of heaven. God's will, God's love cascading in here, and you're imbibing of that. You're just here going, I'm loving this. This is awesome. I don't know what he's talking about, but I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it, man. And you're getting healed. Lisa goes home and she goes, man, I, something's going on. I think I can hear. That's in the presence of God. That's the Holy Spirit. Do not allow the enemy of your soul to rob you of that unique quality God has breathed into you. I'm talking about God's the personality that God put in you before it was all banged up and contrived by the world and sin and stuff and, you know, and, and whatever, and, and then letting God do that transformational work on you in your soul and letting you shine for Jesus. Some of you, are, some of you you'd be surprised how beautiful you are. If you let God do a work on you, you can just show compassion with that personality. You can show God's love with that personality. Some of you are more administrative. You can show God's order. And Who's that? Smile. And smile. That's a gift. That's a gift. Yeah. It is. It is a transformational work God does. How does he do it? Revelations 3.20, my time is gone. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking at your door this morning, C3 Tugra. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. He will commune with you. He will rearrange the furniture. He will occupy the rooms of your heart. He will come in and just do, do an amazing spring cleaning on you. He will get out all that, that stuff in the attic. He will get that stuff, those cobwebs out. He'll open the blinds. He'll let God in those blinds that you've had shut because you're so private, even private against God. He will open the blinds. The Holy Spirit will open the blinds and say, it's only Jesus. Come on, let's let him in. Well, I'm not sure about that. Look, I just don't, um, you know, but the Holy Spirit comes in and allows that good work in all the rooms of your heart. It's by your own volition. It's by your own choice. He doesn't supernaturally deliver you when you're Billy Graham or Mrs. Billy Graham overnight. And you go, what happened to him? I mean, it freaked people out. You'd go to work and Imagine Wayne going to work and he's just totally like Billy Graham all of a sudden. He's sanctified, set apart. He's a saint. He's, he's just, you know, he's got God oozing out of him. I mean, that's, that would be great, but that's not the story. It's bit by bit God's doing this. Bit by bit, God is allowing you to possess your soul. Isaiah 33, verse 6, or let's go to Isaiah 61, verse 4. Our time is gone. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, hence the song we just sang. 
and restore the places long devastated. Maybe your soul has been devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated by generations. Maybe this goes back into your generations. We call that iniquities. Things that have been following you down through the generations that have been banged up. Areas of the soul, areas of the soul that have been passed down through the generations. But God is into rebuilding your soul. Isaiah 33 verse 6 says, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. That's how we're going to handle all this bad news. And the strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord is his treasure. Stability means firmness of position, steady. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Selfless faith to live like Christ.